0: Welcome to GBN's Talking Comics Interview. On today's show, we welcome iconic artist, creator Rob Liefeld, creator of Deadpool and X-Force. Here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome once again to another edition of GBN's Talking Comics. I'm your host, Martin. And today I have the great privilege of talking to one of the iconic comic creators, Rob Liefeld, And uh, Rob, of course, as you might expect, has been busy all year on different projects. And we're going to be talking about all of those, including uh, the 30th anniversary of Deadpool, the 30th anniversary of the first edition of X-Force. And he's also uh, finishing up a five-issue series for IDW and Hasbro called Snake Eyes Endgame. And in this series, he's invited a very large number of special guest artists to help him on that. So we're going to talk about that as well. And uh, anything else we can come with. So let's welcome Rob Liefeld to GBN's Talking Comics. How are we doing, Rob? Hey, great. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right, I appreciate it. Okay, so we're going to start out. I was doing a little research. Of course, uh, you know I'm fairly familiar with you, but uh, you started out, you know, pursuing your art career at a early, you know, in your teens. Uh, yes. And you basically, you know, we're going to the comic cons and, you know, putting your work out there. And to me, that is very impressive because most teenagers don't have that kind of ambition, uh, let alone drive to do it. So what, where did all that ambition come from uh, that made you go ahead and put yourself out there? Because,
1: that you know, that takes courage. Um, oh, it's such, I, I'm, I'm first of all, honored to be with you today. It's really exciting. And I'm so excited that you asked me that very specific question because I can tell you, because it never leaves me, the answer was abject fear. Um, and it came from a place that, uh, look, I was, I was uh, my, I, my mom and dad, they were fantastic. Uh, my sister seven years older than me, so it was almost like I was an only child. But uh, they, they were extremely supportive. I grew up in a really loving home, but one day that all hit the skids when my dad had um, brain cancer and I was 10 years old. And he went in for a surgery to remove the tumors and he got a blood clot and he was in a coma for nine months. And uh, we made lots of sad drives to visit my dad in the hospital uh, over the course of that year, which would carry about 1978, 1979. So again, between when I'm like 10 and 11 and just a lot of um, just scary times, and uh, my dad, thank God, we didn't listen to the doctors who recommended to my mom that we unplug him, because he was going to be a vegetable and never wake up. And uh, and so my dad returned home, and uh, you know, uh, an interesting—he uh, uh, lost because of that. Uh, he lost his eye, his right eye. It was sewn shut, and he wore dark glasses the rest of his life. But if you're wondering why Cable um, has a glowing right eye and it's hollow. Uh, I, I think that was definitely uh, a design element that I inherited from my dad, but uh, he was really truly never the same, uh, his position. Uh, he, was, he was a Baptist minister, um, but, but he, it, it was different. It was, he was definitely, um, he even said to me once, he goes, you know, Rob, I, everything changed after the surgery and, 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 and it, life became, I wasn't able to kind of fulfill everything that I once thought I would do. And, and as a result, we, we had some hardships and I was terrified. Uh, It, it definitely changed uh, at a very young age, my outlook on life and my comfortability, my comfortability was removed from me. That's it. And, uh, and, and my passion, and I've realized over the years, my comfort at that time, because there was never a time that we did not drive to the hospital that I didn't have a comic book. I was not allowed to see him those nine months because I had to wait in the waiting room when my mom and my sister would go, but they thought I was too young. So I would wait with maybe, you know, another relative, but I always had an Avengers comic, an X-Men comic. And I bonded emotionally. Those comics were there for me when like, I I think I was barely holding it together as a kid. So my passion for comics grew deeper during that time. My fear like of the unknown, um, and again, I would I, you know, he got um, the, when I was graduating from high school, the tumors had regrown and he was going to have to go back in and have another surgery and he would have five over the course of my uh, of the course of my life. And he uh, passed away uh, uh, 20 years ago. And so so that really more than anything is the any other answer is being disingenuous. I did not know the, the, the flip on that also. Uh, aside from the heavy emotional component, let me tell you that I recognized I was not book smart. I did not have the capacity to be a doctor, a lawyer, uh, an engineer, but I knew I loved comics. I loved drawing comics. And at a young age, uh, in my early teens, my dad knew how much I loved comics. And he drove me to meet some of the comic book talent that was signing comic books at a local store. And that, that was guys like George Perez and Jim Starlin and they took, uh, they, they they were very generous with young Rob Liefeld, 12, 13 year old, 13, 14 year old Rob Liefeld. And and because I'm, I'm now looking that, that comic books are drawn on big pages. You don't know that when you're buying them off the spinner rack, you know, oh man, they draw them big and they shrink them down and oh my gosh. And so I learned all that stuff. And that really sparked me. Obviously I had an overactive imagination to begin with, but uh, when I knew my, my junior year, I was preparing to get in comics. And again, another obstacle was my art teacher at the time. Uh, I had already done freshman and sophomore art. And, and then in the junior, senior art classes, you kind of got your own curriculum. You were able to build your own curriculum. And I said, I want to do sequential stories. I want to do sequential art because the one thing George Perez and Jim Starlin told me was, don't draw pinups. Draw, tell stories. Make sure that the stuff that you're, you love comic book stories, tell comic book stories. So I remember my, my art teacher who was very young, who was just taking his first job out of college and was drawing the worst illustration of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. When I was <laughs> up at his desk, he's like, I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm doing this commercial art. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I pray that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar never sees that drawing because that looks awful. Um, And, and my parents already put me in like after-school art programs. I already painted on canvas and drawn a bowl full, uh, full of fruit, you know, watercolors. And, uh, I, I, he said, I'm not sure there's a living in comic books. I, I think that may be a waste of your time. And I'm like, look, dude, I've met the people that make these comics. Like, you know, I graduated when I was 17 years old. I was a young senior. I didn't turn 18 until the following October. So, I mean, when I'm negotiating this with, this with him, I'm 15, 16, then I'm 16, 17 in my senior year, and it was always through a lens of you're, you're wasting your time. There was a giant county-wide art show, and this will kind of wrap up this early portion, but it's entertaining that that was going on uh, that that you know one weekend during my senior year, and the guy, my buddy in my class, Mike, he liked to draw cars. And he drew a Corvette and a Mustang and, you know, did it in colored pencil and it was very well done. And I drew comic book. I drew a Wolverine battling saber tooth. I drew a Dr. Strange in his, you know, meditating. I drew a bunch of giant comic book illustrations because that was supposed to be one, one, like almost, you know, painting, you know, paintings or or one shot illustrations. And so they were being displayed in an abandoned uh, retail space in the mall. And and all of the all of the entrance. And they would, you know, they were gonna hang the ribbons on them throughout the weekend. Well, it was pouring rain on the Saturday, like, and I think they had already judged it that that morning. And I I went up and I looked through the window. It was an outdoor mall and it's pouring rain on me. And I see that my buddy Mike got the blue ribbon for drawing the, the Mustang and the Corvette. And I got nothing, you know? And I just shrugged, like, who cares? I'm not here for the competition. At that point, you just like having your stuff be displayed. In the meantime, I will tell you. There were all these comic conventions local comic conventions and i was winning all of those competitions but in the real art world the reason i'm telling you this is the monday that followed that weekend i go in <laughs> and my art teacher's like you, you need to be more like mike you saw the you saw the ribbons his artwork won this weekend and i'm like man you're the worst manager ever like like i just need to not ever listen to anything you say and i didn't and i stayed my own way but the long and the short of it is fear is a huge motivator when you don't know what you're going to do. And you know, you're not cut out for college and schooling. And so within a year of graduating high school, I did in fact book my first comic book gig and everything I just told you in that long 12 minute diatribe is the reason that I was terrified. And it was for me, it was like, if I don't give it, get a job in comics, I'm screwed. And there is no greater motivator than fear. and, 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 if if I bored your listeners, I apologize, but hopefully I don't there's think a, so. so so that that's the end all be all of that answer.
0: Okay. So now, and actually it's funny you said that. You know, we, talking to the other comic creators at the time, uh, what's the one thing that I you know because I've only just recently even, even gotten into this kind of thing. Uh, this is kind of my way to stay in touch with comics. Sure, uh, but but uh, you know I started getting to actually go to the comic conventions. And all the comic creators were just fabulous. I mean, they would give you all the time in the world and which I was just, you know, I was I was intimidated because most of these people were people that I grew up, uh, at least the, the galaxy cons uh, that I go to, you know, they, they bring in some of the older artists, but these are the people I grew up with. So, yeah. and they were just, you know, they were just fabulous. I was thinking, wow, I, I
1: didn't think they'd give me the time of day. Uh, well, let me so, tell you right now, comic book people, are some of the best people because really we're lonely artists but we have a passion for what we do we didn't get i didn't get into this to to be rich i just was like this is what i can do to make money and to earn a living for myself and i don't know you know at the time i certainly never believed that comic books would become what it became and that's and successful but you you do it because of your passion and and we and what we do is kind of lonely you know, you think of a film crew. There's a hundred people on set. There's a boom guy, mic guy, sound guy. You know, the stunt guy, the, the lighting. The, the the I mean, the, you, you're when you shoot a movie, it's an army that that's been assembled. When you're drawing comics, it's you and your board and your office, and it's lonely. And I'm telling you, through my my own experiences too, uh, as as I mentioned and as you've mentioned, comic book, there's. These are really good people. I I've met I I've, I've met a lot of great, sweet people who who want to share their passion with you, and that and that and we're more accept- and have always been more accessible. It's funny now when I see the movie stars doing the convention circuit, okay? Because that's new. You never used to be able to get that close to somebody, you know, a giant movie star. That was the domain the domain of of comic books. You could come right up to our table and talk to us. Um, we were that accessible. Sports and media celebrities are behind the the, the ropes, behind the velvet curtain, right? So uh, I just I'm I'm with you in that. They're very, really sweet people. Right. And, and it's still the same now. I said most of the celebrities are still,
0: you know, they're almost arm's reach. They don't uh yes. the comic creators, right? You you walk right up to them and talk to them. Uh though I the only thing that's funny is that every time I talk to a writer, I think all writers are uh closet artists, because almost every single one who ever gave me a signature also drew something.
1: Uh, so I thought, there they, you go. Oh, uh, no, I know. My, 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 writer yeah. my writer friends all said they wanted to draw. Robert Kirkman, at one point, Jeff Johns. These guys all wanted to be artists, but I guess figured that they would pursue writing instead.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's get into what you got going on. Uh, basically, February, uh, excuse me, 1991 was a good year for you, man. <laughs> uh, because, uh, of course, you. Uh, yeah, with it, it was. Yeah. So you created uh, Deadpool in February 91. Uh, of course, I think Marvel is doing a full year-long yes. celebration of that. Okay, so what what have all of you been doing to support that uh, year-long uh, celebration for the thirty years of Deadpool?
1: Well, no, it's great. Marvel um, Marvel wanted me to do thirty covers to celebrate thirty years, and I believe now, uh, as of next week, I think eleven or twelve of those will have come out, and then for you know, there's eighteen to come for the rest of the year because the first one didn't come out till March, so we're kind of backloading uh, the, 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 the rest of the year with these covers, but I've been doing these 30 Deadpool variants that people seem to be grabbing and, uh, gobbling up and they're doing very well. And then of course I've known all year that I've got this, uh, X-Force 30th anniversary special coming. And it's very meaningful for me. I, I just, I, uh, I, I, when you create characters, they stay with you the rest of your life. They're your babies. They're your creative kids. And when you do them, and, and so basically this is how I tell people I sold Deadpool and Cable and Domino to Marvel comics. They were characters I submitted. They wanted to include them back then. Those deals said that you got a percentage of that character's life in all media, toys, books, games. And I remember being, you know, 22 years old going, I think this is a good deal. If, if, if one of these works out, this will really, um, benefit me later in life and benefit my family and I mean what if I created the next Wolverine that that was the goal I never in a million years would it would imagine that both cable and Deadpool would blow up the way they did and trust me when I am standing on the set of Deadpool 2 with Josh Brolin as cable and Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool I'm going my life is awesome I how did this occur how am I living in this reality like so so it was just it's just been a, a blast and the fact uh, the, 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 I'm never too far from them. You know, people always say, oh, you're returning. You're, I'm like, I never left. Like, just in the 2000s alone, I came back and I did an X-Force miniseries in 2005. I then created Lady Deadpool in 2009. I did the Deadpool Core in 2010. Um, you know, uh, uh, I did this young Deadpool graphic novel in 2016. Um, I, I've been doing nonstop covers. I did Major X, which was a a kind of a new wrinkle in the X-Force saga. And so now I get to put it all together and the fans have always been, um, I think, look, I would have given anything for Steve Ditko to draw one last Spider-Man story, either 20 years before he passed, 10 years before he passed. Um, you know, he didn't revisit the character for gosh, four decades. I mean, he he left Dr. Strange and, and, and Spider-Man behind. And I would have given anything Uh, if in the early 90s Jack would have done one last Fantastic Four story. So I kind of, you know, as the guy who created these characters, it's fun to be able to do, you know, a story because I'm telling you, I'm only 53, but I feel like I'm 73 and I feel like I could drop dead at any time. So I'm I'm kind of approaching this like this is the last time I'm going to do X-Force. So Marvel signed off on this really huge kind of concept. you know, I told them I want to do five X-Force squads collected from different time timelines that come together to beat and defeat their great nemesis, Strife, who I also created. And Marvel's like, great, let's do it. So uh, in November, people will get a glimpse. They will get to enjoy. I've been drawing this all summer long. Um, I think it's going to, if you liked at any point my work on these characters, I think you are going to enjoy X-Force shot. Excellent. Uh, so did, uh, when you did
0: Kill, Oh, as you're working on Killshot, did you think, um, what can I put in here? I, I mean, of course, of course, the, you know, the fans for X-Force who have been with it since the beginning are yes. going to follow it naturally, but for those p- people who might be new to it, did okay. you put
1: anything in there for them? Uh, you know, I did. It's a very simple concept. You know, we explain what's going on really early um, because here's the deal. You know, that's the 30th anniversary of X-Force, but a few, few weeks back, it was the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark is an incredibly fun, adventure-filled movie, but it's a very simple story. He is out to obtain an object before the bad guys get it. That's it. And, and, and through that lens, we go on these incredible adventures with the Indiana Jones. We learn the, 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 the lengths and the depths of what he'll do to accomplish his mission. And X-Force, Killshot opens with a mission and um, you are going to see the fulfillment of them attempting to complete that mission. And along the way, I think you're gonna have a blast. You're gonna um, absolutely, if you've never picked up an X-Force, I guarantee you, you are gonna have the biggest kick with this um, because here's the deal. We don't write novels. Our novels have pictures and that, that's why they're comic books. You take the pictures out of comic books and you're in the novel business. And I have never, ever been, nor do I desire to be in the novel business. And we are about pictures and I draw pictures that audiences love and clamor for. And that's why I had the career that I, that I've had Um, people show up for my visuals. And I was fortunate enough in my lifetime to break bread and visit with and draw alongside Jack Kirby. And I know that Jack got up every day. Uh, trying his best to entertain you with every page and every visual and all those comic books that I pulled off the spinner rack in 1977, 1976, when Jack came back to Marvel was splash page followed by double page, splash page, relentless action throughout. He's always throwing fists, throwing kicks, knocking through walls. But again, there's a story, but stories don't have to be complicated to be enjoyable and to be entertaining. And, and, and Jack Kirby knew this and Rob Liefeld knows this. And so 100%, there's gonna be some new stuff you've never seen. If, even if you're a fan of X-Force, we're giving you different mashups that are gonna entertain you to no end. I'm gonna follow up on things that I promised and never delivered on. And then if you're, I guarantee you, you plop this down to somebody and they flip through it, the visuals will ent- entice them and they'll wanna know more about what they're looking at. So yes, 100%, it, there'll be something for everybody. Excellent.
0: Okay, so you're as you said, you're also uh, finishing up your uh, series, Snake Eyes, uh, Dead Game. Yes. And I said And you, like I said, you recruited some, uh, you know, oh my God, uh, talent to help Comic book royalty. Comic yes. book royalty. Yeah. So, I mean, you had me at Neil Adams uh, because uh, I'm a giant Neil Adams fan. Of course.
1: Uh, but uh, how how in the world did you gather all these these incredible well, people was, to help me? So so I've been around a while. And I made a lot of friends and um, I've got, you know, uh, again, I've, I've been in this business 34 years, 35 years when the calendar turns and, uh, and um, Neil Adams, so glad you mentioned him because he was the linchpin for all of this. I wanted my fifth issue to go out with a bang. We as an industry focus far too much on the first issues and not the later issues. And especially with this being a finale of this entire storyline that again, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, I put snake eyes through all these paces, noble hero, as he is trying to obtain this mythological weapon and keep it out of the hands of the bad guys. And the fruition of that is this fifth issue finale. And I figured I would ask some of the combo greats to jam with me on this. But if Neil says no, I got nothing. I just felt like he was the first guy I asked. The entire project to me hung on whether he said yes. Because if he says yes, everyone's going to say yes. Because as you know, because we're of a similar age, um, Neil Adams is the greatest illustrator of comic books that there has ever been full stop period. Uh, Jack Kirby may have been a more powerful storyteller and page designer and character creator, but Neil Adams is the single best most refined illustrator that ever drew a comic book. And and again, if fans aren't familiar with his dead, his his, his Batman and his green lantern and his X-Men work, Superman versus Muhammad Ali is the most beautifully drawn comic I've ever seen since I was 11 years old. And uh, and so having hung out with Neil on the convention circuit, known him 30 years, visited with him often, dined with him. Uh, at one point, I told him how much a few years ago I loved when he would ink John Buscema or ink Gene colin or ink Gil Kane. And he said, oh, you noticed, huh? And Neil said, Rob, I am everybody's best inker they ever had. And I said, I'm not going to argue with you. I would give you anything to own one of those Conan pages that he inked over Gil Kane or one of those Tarzan pages that he inked over John B. And so with that in mind, I called up Neil and I said, Neil, I am putting together this idea that other legends like yourself will join me in this finale. And he said, Rob, I won't do it for one page. I'll say, yes, if you give me two pages, I'll do a big spread. You give me the best spread in the book and I'll do it and and let's do it. And I immediately, because I had the thumbnails of the issue, I knew exactly what I was going to give him. The big giant action, snake eyes, punching the bad guy, Kurrigan and Destro and Baroness. And I'm telling you, man, I sent that to Neil, thinking it would take a month to get back. He sent it back to me in two days and I had not, here's the key. I had not told IDW I was doing this. So I sent IDW this file and I said, get a load of this. And my editor said, am I really looking at Neil Adams inking Rob Liefeld on a double page spread for Snake Eyes 5? I said, yes. And there's more of that to come. I've asked Jerry Ordway, Carl Kiesel, Philip Tan, Will Sportaccio. You know, I went through the list. Jim Rugg, Ed Pisker, Dan Frega, and Panosian. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And I said, I just reached out to all my friends. I said, would you jam with me on this? And they're like, Rob, we would love to. And, uh, and the book looks phenomenal. It's the perfect finale to this giant story that crescendos, crescendos with this fifth issue. So um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. I mean, look, I got Kevin, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Eastman, <laughs> Kevin, and he brought it, he crushed it. That page is fantastic. So, and we're doing a special edition that's out in the fall of this issue. Called declassified. That's just the line art. So, as great as the color is, we're going to take the color off, and you're just going to get a black and white version so you can see all the intricate line arts and all the decisions. And um, and of course, there is a Larry Hama cover. I inked Larry for the cover. Um, and 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 so it's just a perfect cherry on top. I wanted to go out bigger than I came in, and I feel like we pulled it off. I'd say so. That's that's great.
0: And I and I, you, I love the fact that they all just. Did- you know, don't in. Yes, everybody
1: wants to jam. Every, <laughs> we're all incredibly collaborative. We love it's to a, jam. It's a, and be honest with you, the, uh, it was only just recently
0: that I even realized that Neil Adams inked over people. I always thought
1: you, it's yeah. Neil
0: Adams. He does the pencils. That's all. That's what he does. And of course, I'm a big fan of John Buscema, and of course, then I end up
1: looking up and seeing that he inked over. And geez, Louise, uh, oh, it's, so, it's bet honestly. I actually prefer John and Neil together more than I prefer John or Neil. Like together, they made the very perfect comic book because John's strength of storytelling with Neil's polish. Oh, it's gorgeous. But we're just a couple of old guys right now. That, that we're, <laughs> we're, we're a couple of old guys jamming about old art. That's what we're doing. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so apparently you don't get
0: intimidated by, you know, People in your gig who you know, like like a Neil Adams, who's
1: you know got this huge. I mean, apparently this it's not a problem for you. Me, I'd be sitting there. I uh. uh, no no no. Like I said, I've got to know Neil is cool. Like again, like it's, it. He was always very welcoming to my peer group. Um, here's the deal: Neil isn't intimidated by, by anybody because he knows how great he is. Um, and 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 here's he's like Michael Jordan. I, I like I told you, I really believe he is the best illustrator that ever. I mean, he came from advertising and then left his mark forever, changed comic books forever. And here's the kid. The guy is 80 years old. That page he inked over me, that is an 80-year-old man kicking all sorts of ass on that page. It's amazing. It's, that's fantastic.
0: Okay, so that's pretty much what I've, I've got for you. But uh, I want to give you a chance now. I know you've been really busy, but do you have anything? Uh, I don't know how you could have anything else. But do you have anything else that you want to,
1: our uh, followers to know about? Um, look, uh, I just recently uh, launched a one-shot for Archie Comics Shield. It was out this week. It blew out. It's blown up. If you can get it, that's great. Obviously, the Snake Eyes dead game is my priority. Um, X-Force Kill Shot will be here in the, in the late fall. But then, you know, the, the 30th anniversary of Deadpool and X-Force has been fantastic. But as the calendar turns and we get into 2022, it's going to be the 30th anniversary of Image Comics, which was a seminal event in the comic book industry for so many reasons. And I have a ton of great projects. I'd love to come back and talk to you about them when they are set to be announced and and I can show you what I've been working on. But I think uh, 2022 is gonna be just a giant party, just a giant party.
0: Well, that's, that's going to be a
1: deal. We're going to be doing that. Uh, okay. So uh, again,
0: before I let you go, if you want to go ahead and share your website and how uh, anyone can get on you first. Yeah,
1: sure. Videos. No, I'm, I'm, I'm Rob is my website. Thank you very much. We've got all sorts of art and comic books for sale on there. I do a podcast twice weekly called Rob observations. It's on all the different Apple, Spotify, um, iHeart radio. It's on all the different um, platforms. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. Okay. It's got a blue check. So you know that that's me because there's some imposters out there and on Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld, shorter, better. And that's got a blue check. So <laughs> you see, that's me too. I, I say that on my podcast all the time. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, well, I appreciate it. And, it's a, and I'm, we will get back together
0: again, come next year, because we want to know what all you got planned for image. So you that'd bet be great. This has all been right.
1: so much fun. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you for listening to GBN's Talking Comics interview with Rob Liefeld. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a
1: production of Geeks 5 Nation.